Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, fellow animal enthusiasts, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewitt, and as always, I thank you for tuning in this beautiful Saturday morning. And today, I've invited Melissa Palomo, the founder and president of Street Mutts, to our show. Her organization uses photography to shine the light on the problem of pet overpopulation, and it is truly amazing what she's doing with pictures. Then after our halftime break, it's book review time with Marianne Dell, and she's going to be bringing some fabulous books, as she always does. So stay right where you are, and we'll get started after a very quick station break here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining us now is Melissa Palomo, the founder and president of Street Mutts. Welcome, Melissa. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I am so excited to have you on the show. I read all about Street Mutts. I actually found you guys at Pet Expo this year. And I was so interested in what you're doing. And rather than me talking about it, why don't you (laughs) tell me all about Street Mutts? So Street Mutts uh, is an organization that was founded by myself and my vice president named Melanie Gilbert. Um, We actually came to it from two different perspectives. Uh, I am a professional photographer, and I found myself whenever I would travel internationally, um, primarily in developing countries, being very drawn to the animals as a as my friends or, or colleagues would be taking photos of the architecture or of the, the landscapes, I would be drawn to photographing the, uh, the stray dogs. I think I'd do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard not to. You know, we're naturally drawn to pets, and I, I want to snuggle them all, but I can't. Yeah. Uh, I can't take them all home, but I can take photos of them and, and keep that memory. Um, so I found myself, after several trips, sitting on a collection of all of these photographs going, I don't know what I'm going to do with these, but I feel like I need to do something. And um, a lot of your photos were just of street dogs, which apparently it's a it's a huge epidemic throughout the world where most dogs don't have homes. They just live on the street. Correct. Yeah. The I mean to be fair, the you know, the Western, the American um view of of animals is not widely held globally. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's it was a little bit shocking the first time, you know, you travel in a developing country and you realize these animals, they may be community animals. Some of them are cared for, but some of them are not. Right. Uh, so actually I met uh, Melanie about eight years ago mm-hmm. and she had told me she finally decided what she was going to get her master's in education in and it was going to be um, to develop community education programs oh, cool. and humane educational programs. Wow. That's so, a very nice specialty. So how is she implementing that? So that is um, where Street Mutts has come in. So that was her master's project was to survey and how to develop these educational programs. 
And then Street Mutt together, we are developing a framework to connect with organizations to understand their needs and get a needs analysis of their local communities and how can we develop a program to be implemented in their local community. So tell me how your photography helps address this issue. So I think, um, you know, like a lot of my friends, for example, I would take these photos and they would go, I had no idea that this beautiful, let's say, Thailand, this beautiful location in Thailand had such an epidemic of street animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so these photographs help to raise awareness and help to draw people in and get people connected to to the subject. Um, you know, I, I often find that when people have an emotional connection to a, a story or a subject, they're more compelled um, to learn how they can help. And what are you suggesting that people do to help? I know I've made some connections with people who work with the Romanian street dogs, and what they do is they generate funds in Europe and the United States, and then they go in there locally with teams, and they round up the street dogs, and they socialize them, they get them spayed or neutered, and then they actually try and find them homes in other parts of the world where people are likely to have house pets. Is that yes. what you're envisioning as well? Yes. So what our goal is, is to come alongside these local organizations. Oftentimes, for example, Romania is one of the most dire situations for street animals. Mm-hmm. Not only are there many, um, many animals on the streets, but they're not well cared for. Um, and when you get in situations like that, the animals can become aggressive and they're not socialized. Right. Um, So a lot of these organizations are just trying to keep their head above water, trying to save animals. And it Uh, costs money. Yes. And our our goal is we believe that in addition to spaying and neutering and in addition to vaccinations, the only real way to solve the problem is through educating the community. Um, You have a lot of people that will push back on spaying and neutering. Why are we spending money on these animals? We should just kill them. Right. Um, they're just they're just a nuisance in the community. So our goal is to help educate the community and help these organizations that are doing things like spay and neutering but may not have the time or expertise to implement an educational program. But oftentimes you're looking at communities that are already quite impoverished and couldn't even imagine spending money on animals, let alone to invite an animal into their home where they provide food and other resources. How are you going to work to solve that problem? You know, um, truthfully, our goal is not to uh, to get people to treat animals the way that uh, we do as Americans. I mean, yes, my dogs sleep in my bed. Um, I, <laughs> I don't foresee <laughs> I don't foresee that somebody in um, maybe in Nicaragua, another country I have visited, um, I don't expect them to have the animals sleep in their bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so our goal, though, is to create harmonious existences in communities okay. between the animal and the human population. Okay. And where are your photos available to be seen? Do you have a website? Do you have book publications? How How is that something that you're putting out here locally so that people can get involved and, and help join the cause? Currently, um, the photos we have available are on our website uh, at www.streetmutts.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also involved in social media. Um, so we do have a Facebook and an Instagram page and Twitter as well. Okay. Um, and there's Street Mutts. It's just 
um, Street Much is our our handle at all of those sites. Okay. And I know that pet overpopulation is a big issue that you want to tackle. Tell me how you're addressing the problem of overpopulation in, in some of these developing countries. Um, like I said, our, our primary goal is to educate. Um, okay. A lot of people may not understand why spaying and neutering is important. They may not understand, um, you know, like I said, a lot of governments will oftentimes um, resort to a mass pulling of a population right. rather than investing in spaying and neutering. Um, the problem with that is that doesn't solve a long-term problem, and oftentimes the the remaining animals will start having larger litters, mm-hmm. and it's a very quick repopulation right. of the animal population. Um, and they'll be completely feral, too, because they will have no contact with human beings exactly. during those important formative weeks as puppies. Exactly. So our goal, you know, is to just to educate, and we start with young children, um, teaching children everything from being nice to an animal, how to how to interact with an animal, which in a country like India is very important because rabies is an, a huge problem. Um, so being kind to an animal can prevent dog bites, which can prevent the spread of rabies. Right. Um, so so our goal is really to, especially with the children, to work with the children and teach them from a young age, and in the coming years we'll be able to see the, the positive effects of that. That's very cool. How are your your photographs affecting some of the local populations in the countries that you're, you're targeting? Are you getting any kind of feedback? You know, we've had a very positive response. Um, to be fair, I am a very sensitive person, so I don't like to share very sad photos that don't have happy endings. Okay. Um, my goal is to share photos that are, are very compelling, mm-hmm. but tell a very positive story about the work that's being done. Um, so our goal, you know, we've worked with, um, you know, I volunteered for a time with Soy Dog Foundation in Thailand. Okay. Uh, and to work with other organizations that are highlighting the work that they do in a very positive light. Even though the photo may be very sad, mm-hmm. uh, it, it shows a, a positive story. So, so far, it's been very positively received. Oh, that's great. You you mentioned Soy Dog, and I know that there have been a lot of social media campaigns with Soy Dog that have very disturbing photographs associated yes. with it. Can you talk a little bit about Soy Dog and some of the other organizations that you're partnering with and what they are doing to to help make a more humane world? Absolutely. So Soy Dog is um, one that we have volunteered with, and Melanie um, did some educational uh, observations through some connections with Soy Dog. They're not um, an official partner of ours, but they are somebody that we um, do intend to work more with. Okay. And they're, they have um, some very important work, primarily in the dog meat trade, which are probably some of the photos that you're referring right. to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't realize that in, in countries, you know, in Southeast Asia, the dog meat trade is very um, very depressing, sad. They'll steal pets and transport them to other countries for meat. Um, so they're, they're primarily focused on that, and they also run an amazing shelter program where they do adoptions, and they also do spay, neuter, and vaccination. Okay. And you you are also focusing on vaccinations. I'm glad you brought that up. How do you show that in a photograph? How do you make the educational message that you should vaccinate your pets? 
that's a really good question. Um, I have some photographs I've done of some spay-neuter clinics that were done um, in open air in Thailand. It's it's pretty incredible, the process that they have. Um, they do a pop-up uh, vet, you know, outdoor vet office, and they round up the local animals and will bring them in and vaccinate them and spay-neuter them and then release them at the end of the day. Okay. Well, Melissa, these sound like amazing projects that you're working on. And before I say goodbye, let's tell everybody one more time your website where they can see your photos. You can find us online at www.streetmutts.com. Excellent. Thanks so much for stopping by the Pet Place today. Thank you for having me. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Marianne Dill will have a brand new batch of pet-related books to recommend, so stay right where you are, and we'll be right back on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and with me now is our fabulous Pet Place book reviewer, Marianne Dell. Good morning, Marianne. How are you? Good morning, Marie. I am fine. How are you? I'm doing well. I had to play that music a little bit longer than usual because I've I've missed it, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's very bright and cheery. Just like you. <laughs> and I know that you have some bright and cheery books for us today, so I'm wondering if you can share a few with us. All right. Well, the first one I want to talk about is called Cats and Lions by Mitsuaki Iwago. Oh, wow. He is a, this is a picture book. Nice. Uh, almost no words in it, except okay. for a few photo descriptions. Mm-hmm. He is a wildlife photographer, and if you do a search for him online, his work is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I can imagine. This is the kind of book my mom would love. She's <laughs> right a big her, lion person. Right up her alley. Well, what's cool about it is he's taken photos of wild and domestic cats. So, of course, with the domestics, we have your standard tabbies and short hairs and long hairs and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And with the wild, he has focused on lions. Cool. And with each each double, each two pages, has a series of photos that are very similar. So we might have a mama cat playing with her kitten or some juvenile cats hanging in a tree. And then on the opposite page, we'll have a mama lion playing with her cub. Oh, wow. And some adolescent cubs hanging in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> There's... There's a set where the kitten is gnawing on Mama's tail, uh-huh. and they do that domestically and in the wild. Oh, wow, how fun. <laughs> and, you know, of course, it's all full color mm-hmm. and and very beautiful. One of my, my favorite photos, um, I had to look at it for a minute, and I thought, huh, it's it's a cat and a lion, and they're both in a field, and their eyes are closed, and they're they're... You can tell their heads are just ever so slightly turned up toward the sun, and there's all this foliage around them. And I looked at it and realized the cat was in the midst of foxtails. Oh, no. (laughs) And I had to think, huh, because I think they affect cats just like dogs. Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) But there's uh, some wildflowers around him, too, and it's just so nicely composed because there are these purple wildflowers framing his head. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, mixed messages. Yes, but don't put your cat in the field of foxtails and take no. its picture. But um, that was the well, only thing I saw that made Well, at least the lion wasn't in that same field, like, ready to pounce on the cat. No. <laughs> that would have been especially bad. Yes, I agree. Okay, so they're both enjoying the sunshine, as kitties like to do, whether they're 300 pounds or three pounds exactly <laughs> exactly and we have we have another one that i love which is a cat sitting in front of a house yawning mm-hmm. and a male lion standing in a field yawning oh <laughs> wow now how big is the book are they nice big pictures the, the book is about a foot square okay so they're you know they're that size um, so it is a nice coffee table book yes then. it okay. is very it nice. is. Especially if you have these smaller coffee tables. Yes, this is actually a good coffee table book for a small coffee table because it's not huge like some coffee table books. Yeah. <laughs> now, how many pages are included? There are 144 pages. Wow. Yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of pictures. Um it took a lot of preparation to mm-hmm. do something like this if he was matching up the cat and the lion yes. behavior for each set. Yeah, it would be interesting to know. And sometimes it's context, mm-hmm. not poses. Okay. Um, we might have a pride of lions, and then we have a, a group of cats. Okay. Um, there's one set where it's kind of, there's a, a lion, and it's raining, and then there's a cat, and it's snowing. Oh, okay. So, you know, it would be interesting to know if he set out specifically to do this project or if he started realizing that he had similarities in right. these photos wow. and said, you know, I'll put them together. Does he talk about that at all, maybe on the back cover? Um, no, I I don't. I haven't seen anything like that. There's nothing in the introduction about that. Okay. So Does maybe, maybe a subsequent edition. How, how long did it take to put this all together? Is there any kind of information like that? Nope. Or is, oh, wow. Well, nope. so None of that is included. See, this is a first edition. We maybe need to look for a second edition that adds some of that information. Yeah, yeah. Just, I would be curious because yes. it is quite an interesting concept. And yeah. it would be fun to know how he developed the whole idea and how he pursued it. So let's move on to your second book then. All righty. So my second one is a kid's book. Oh, fun. Called Pound Dog and Frog. Very Cute Illustrations by Maura Kemp, written by Rowley Carter. And it's about Pound Dog, who we must assume was rescued, always a good thing, Mm -hmm. and Frog. And they're friends, even though they aren't too much alike. I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) Frog doesn't like to socialize. Dog is, of course, a dog, so we know he likes to socialize. Uh And Frog is very a little bit of an artiste, and he worries about dogs' lack of culture. <laughs> <laughs> so they they like each other a great deal, but they're a little concerned about each other. And one day, Dog decides to roust Frog from his dollhouse where he lives. <laughs> wow. And uh, take him to a concert. <laughs> and so they go to the, the frog pond, where all the frogs are there to hear Bull J. Frog. Very cool. <laughs> who who gives a lovely concert, and Dog decides that he's going to join in the singing. Well, of course, we know how dogs sing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But that didn't go over really well with the frogs. They didn't care for the howling, no. <laughs> 
So it's it's a cute little message. You can be different, but you can still be friends. That's nice. You and may not see things exactly the same way, but you can still be friends, and you should be understanding of one another and enjoy one another nonetheless. What reading level is this? Um, I would say, oh, I'm not a good one to ask reading level because um, it's been so long, but I would say first, second grade. Okay, all right. Um, or if parent yeah, can read it to their child. Yeah, okay. yeah. Certainly, a younger child it could be read to, and with the pictures, um, it's fairly simple text. It's a quick little book. Oh, that's very fun. Yes. Okay, so pound dog and frog. Oh, yes. And what is our next story? All right, this is not a story. Okay. This is called Cold Noses at the Pearly Gates. Uh oh. Yeah, by Gary Kurtz. Okay. Someone recommended this to me after I lost Jitterbug recently. I'm so sorry. I know, my little girl. Thank you. And it's a biblical explanation of why our pets will be in heaven. Oh, cool. And so I'm not a biblical scholar. Mm -hmm. I'm at best. I kind of hate to use the word agnostic because it kind of seems like a cop-out to me, but that probably describes me Uh better than anything. But I did find great comfort in this because to me the bottom line was Kurtz quotes a lot of scripture in saying that that to him, um, and he explains how he studied these passages and what he believes them to mean from having studied the Bible for all of his adult life, that God did not feel that animals needed to be redeemed like man because animals didn't do anything. Right. If you look at the biblical story. They're innocent. Right. They are innocents. And so they automatically have their place in heaven. Mm-hmm. And humans, of course, have to earn theirs. But if we do, we will meet our pets there. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's a wonderfully com- comforting story. And it's really, to me, exactly the same story as the Rainbow Bridge that a lot of people talk about. Sure. If you are worthy, you will be connected with your animals. Absolutely. If you are not worthy, and we all know some instances of unworthy people who have not treated their pets at all well, mm-hmm. then they will not be there waiting for you. Okay. So, so it's a it's it's a very interesting read, and he talks a lot about, you know, the issues a lot of people face when they lose a beloved pet, mm-hmm. and sometimes friends and relatives don't quite offer the support that we would like them to. Oh, that's for sure. You know, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. just get another bird. Yeah, yeah, you can replace you know. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just just go a get dog. another. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, mm-hmm. you know. You wonder, you know, what kind of relationships people have with their pets if they can say that to somebody who's just lost a beloved pet, you know. You know, just go get another. And I find that most of the people who do that, who have said that to me, and there haven't been many because none of my friends would do that because I'm not friends with people. <laughs> Plain and simple, all my friends are animal people. Uh-huh. Um, and the people who have said that type of thing tend to not have animals. Yeah, yeah. And and so they don't understand. Right, yeah. They're family, just mm-hmm. like anybody else. I think one of my favorite quotes about dogs in heaven is by Will Rogers, and he says, 
If there are no dogs in heaven, then when I die, I want to go where they went. I am right with you. It's one of my favorites, too. I've quoted a lot. So, Marianne, we don't have much time. We have about a minute. Did you have any other books for us? Um, I have one, and I think we can do this fairly quickly. A couple months ago, I talked about a book called Find Momo, which is sort of the... um, Where's Waldo for dog lovers? Uh-huh. Um, photos with a border collie hiding in them, and you have to try to find him. And let me tell you, it's not easy in some <laughs> of these pictures. And this one is about a 15,000-mile trip that Momo and his person, Andrew Knapp, mm-hmm. took basically around the perimeter of the U.S. They went into the interior of the country some a little bit, and along the north edge, they mostly went through Canada. Okay. Um, but they visited a whole lot of states, and there's some stuff you'd expect to see that we've all heard of, and there's some things that nobody's ever heard of, (laughs) pictures of them. And and the title again is? Find Momo Coast to Coast. Find Momo Coast to Coast. Very fun. Well, Marianne, once again, you've reviewed some really interesting books for us, and I thank you so much for doing that. You are so welcome. We need to take one last break, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Back on the Pet Place Radio Show, I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Today, from 10 to 4, head on over to the Ultimate Dog Festival to be held in Columbia Park, located at 4045 190th Street in the city of Torrance. The festival will feature sports such as agility, small dog racing, and disc dogs, as well as both conventional and non-conventional health care providers who will share information about ways to help maintain healthy dogs. You'll also enjoy a vendor area, entertainment that includes a pet costume contest, live music, and so much more, not to mention gourmet food trucks. A portion of the proceeds will go to Four Paws, Four Patriots who train dogs to be service dogs and provide them for free to disabled veterans across the country. For more information, visit www.ultimatedog.net. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also find us on Facebook. We're listed under Pet Place Radio. And remember, that's all one word. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. (laughs) 